Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the a and After Show. I'm back from vacation. This is Lindsay Leverage, and I'm with James Beckett and Jackie Jing, both of Anime News Network, to talk about the latest episode of Made in Abyss, which um, destroyed all of us emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Welcome and back. <laughs> welcome back to the show, yeah. And also, um, we're going to talk about just two news items, but they're pretty big ones that broke over, over the weekend. Um, Thursday to, to Sunday, one of those being about a particular voice actor that we've talked about a little bit before, I think, although it's been a few years, and um, the pilot for the live-action American Sailor Moon show Hell yeah. has been found in the Library of Congress, of all places. So we're going to talk about both of those, but before we do that, I'd like to remind everyone to please subscribe to this channel. This is the home of the Amateurs Network After Show, so you can watch us live on Mondays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, or check out the podcast version, which goes up the following day on Tuesdays, uh, usually before 12 p.m. Pacific, if I can get it up by then. Um, and you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, wherever you know you like to listen to your podcast. That's where you can find us. So please support the show. Give us a review. Share us with your friends. Um, you can also just download it onto your I was going to say MP3 player, another thing that probably doesn't exist anymore. Um, I have a coworker that has one, and he's holding on to it out of spite. So I had one when I was in high school. Uh, download us on your phone, I think is what it would be, yes. and listen to us that way. So, as always, thank you, thank you guys for your continued support. We're moving into, Jackie, is this like the second year of the podcast now? Yeah, um, actually, it's, um, is it two years? I thought it was like a year. There's no way it's two years. I think it's got to be two. I think we've got to be. Are you kidding me? I well, mean, considering how much Attack with? on we Titan we started with, my, what did we start with? Was the first show My Hero Academia? No, it was Attack on Titan, the final season, part one. Was that our starter? Yeah, that was. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was our starter. It was. Then yeah, it was My Hero. Then it was My yeah. Hero. Fuck. Yeah. God damn. My Hero was a year. My Hero was six months by itself. Yeah. We got to give a shout out to our biggest fan, Tyler Sherado from uh, Crunchyroll. He uh, always will text and uh, you know give a, his opinion on things. I would like him to be a third. Um, someday he could sub for me, but he refuses to do that. He says he doesn't <laughs> want to be on camera. But then if you get that, if you get him going on anime, he won't shut up in person. But we, we could he get doesn't want to be on the really. podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, we can just get Tyler his own VTuber. Well, funny because we were like, can he may come on? And like Country was like, no, sorry. We're like, oh man. Maybe someday we'll get Hime and Tyler on. That'd be great. Yeah. But yeah. anyway. Anyway. Hime, yeah. what do you know about the right stuff acquisition? <laughs> what can you tell us? That's why. So now Tyler's listening, and now we're never going to have Hime on. Thanks, James. <laughs> James oh, is my little agent of chaos. That's why. That would be nice. I would be so polite. I'd, yeah. I'd ask about all the other mascots. I'm so curious. Yeah. Yeah. No so words. I think, no I think words. We'll move into news. And we'll, we'll get the, the ugly stuff out of the way first. Let's talk about Vic Magnana losing his appeal in his defamation case. 
and having to potentially pay more to um, the defendants as a result. Now, as like a quick reminder, I'm not going to go over all the details of this case because it's um, long. I did a lot of coverage for it when it first broke and as the lawsuit was ongoing um, on the Anime News Network, including reading like over a thousand pages worth of legal documents. Um, I reread really those. Fun. It must have been really fun. I was, uh, I worked in a law office briefly before this job. So oh, like, okay. I, but not like, I don't have like a law degree or anything, but I did, I did work in a legal office um, once upon a time and wanted to be a lawyer once upon a time. Not that any of that counts for anything in court. You made the right decision. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I really didn't I'm want not to trying to be that long. Just like, so. Dude, that's, that's a brutal job. Yeah. Yeah. I considered it for a hot second too. Have no regrets. I'm like, now we're talking about anime for a living. It's freaking I, I feel like you're either a good lawyer, like a, a decent human being, or you're you're a sociopath that makes money. And sure. so there's not like a lot Valid. of you know, not a lot of in between. So if you want to know more about the background of this case, I mean, I recommend going to animenewsnetwork.com and maybe typing in Vignana, uh, and it'll come up. It's probably all attached to his encyclopedia page. Yeah, right. Mean, uh, yeah, it's the fastest way to find all of it. Um. So anyway, when that case, that case was thrown out and he, he lost his original defamation case against uh, Funimation, Monica Rial, uh, her fiance, Ron Toy, and um, voice actress, Jamie Marchie. And he had uh, sued for defamation as well as torturous interference, which in that case means um, he was accusing them of directly interfering with his contracts, specifically with cons to get him uninvited. So loss of income as well as conspiracy to, to do that. Um, the judge on that case said no, and he, he lost and was ordered to pay uh, some money in sanctions, um, attorney's fees, and other things uh, to the defendants. But he appealed. A lot of people, you know, appeal when they lose. And for those who don't know, like, when you appeal a case, it doesn't mean that you get, like, a whole new verdict where everyone, like, looks over everything and, they're supposed to decide whether the original court um, interpreted the law correctly. So that's what an appeal is. It's not just like a, a brand new trial. Um, the appeal court decided that the previous court did their job correctly in all cases except one. Sorry. It's in all cases except one. And it's that they didn't award Ron, uh, Ron and uh, Monica enough money for their attorney's fees. So they've asked that the court reevaluate that. So Mignana may have to pay more than he was originally ordered to pay because they, yeah. Um, also, because this was a slap suit, it was deemed a slap suit, which is kind of a catch-all term for when someone sues another person, uh, mainly to get them to stop talking about something. So in a way that could um, impede on their freedom of speech. And so since the court decided that, yes, uh, this is without merit and you haven't proven your case well enough, um, there are sanctions for that. And if you choose to appeal, you maybe have to pay more. Uh, it's to deter them from like continuing the lawsuit. In this case, the deterrence could, could be as much as another quarter of a million dollars. So end result, Vic Mignana may be responsible for paying upwards of half a million dollars for the lawsuit that he brought against Jamie Marchie Funimation, which isn't Funimation anymore technically, but Jamie Marchie Funimation, Monica Rial, and Ron Toy. 
I'm not a lawyer, and so I, I definitely cannot speak to the the, the complex, uh, you know, the legal system and the, the vast nuances of the law. But um, I do believe that, um, at least in my corner of the world, um, there's a um, there's the the law of the streets, uh, and one of them uh, happens to go uh, when you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, and um, this is just a, a cornucopia of stupid prizes, and it's it's really delightful to see, to be honest. Uh, yeah, Tim uh, yeah, has a song about that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a whole. I have there's one a, there's a word. You have one, one yeah. word. Okay. Cringe. Okay. <laughs> just hearing that whole thing, I'm just like, I mean, this is the thing. He probably appealed because it was like at that point nothing to lose. I guess in his opinion, he was like he already knew he lost. He was like, well, let's see if there's just like some hope. Though he probably had to pay lawyers' fees for that as well. Right. I just think that he was just it was like a last ditch effort. But it's just like here's a nail in the coffin. So it's over. Yeah. Unless something wild happens again, but just like cringe, just I'm yeah. just like, oh man. Yeah, I just uh, I, the, I think the thing that baffles me the most, and it, it's something I've never been able to understand, is like when when something to me feels so obviously like a grift, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talk about the fundraising involved for his his. Legal oh, I mean, well, the whole I mean, the fundraising, yeah. the the sob stories. The you know the his the, the way that he's the way that he's framed this entire I mean even that little that uh the video he released what uh, today about like you know um trying to twist the the decision as like a you know uh, they didn't even hear the case like you know it's not over there's always like this weird line where you know I'm I'm, I'm convinced that it's just uh, a, a selfish douchebag who is pissed that he had to suffer some consequences for his actions um, to where uh, it seems like he really is buying into his bullshit at this point. Like he, you know, there's a part of him that truly does believe that the system and the world itself is uh, machinating to, um, you know, keep him from signing autographs at uh, an anime convention. Like I don't, and I think so, I, I can't remember who said it, so I apologize for for not citing my tweet sources. But I saw a, a tweet that was gaining some traction when all of this was breaking, and someone pointed out that like the ironic thing is, as we've seen with like, um, and obviously it's not the same situation, but like with the Z sorry, right? Um, mm-hmm. There are there are people in the entertainment industry that have been called out for their behavior, or you know, on varying degrees of of um, uh, inappropriateness, who either do what is i guess perceived to be the appropriate level of like you know apologizing and trying to genuinely engage with criticism or at the very least they they go away and don't make an obnoxious ass of themselves for literally years on end and they're able to very slowly whether or not it's good or bad is is another conversation entirely but at the very least they're able to piece together some semblance of their you know their former um career mm-hmm. and like it didn't even it didn't have to be this stupid right yeah like, even coming from me someone who would be perfectly happy to never see this guy again yeah uh, if he really wanted to come back that bad and not burn literally every bridge he ever had there were like a thousand different ways to do it and yeah. so i just don't understand how he ended up making literally the worst possible decisions 
before, during, and after this entire situation in perpetuity. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just want to remind everyone, Vic Mignogna is 60 years old this year. Um, don't know how much relevance that has for everything else, unless you're kind of aware of his personality, but just wanted everyone to know that. I'm just excited for this to almost be over. I mean, yeah. hopefully it is fucking over. Oh, excuse my French, but yeah, it's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just like, this is, man, this has been going on for years now. I was just mm -hmm. gonna say, like, what, four years? Uh, three. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, since since the allegations first kind of really publicly came out, it's been almost three years, but yeah. Mm -hmm. On a positive note. On a very positive note. <laughs> I was like, oh. The greatest man, TV show never made. The greatest TV show. I'm going to keep this muted and we can just kind of talk about it while it plays in the background because why not? Um, <laughs> uh, for those of you that are, that are um, unable to um, uh, hear the music of the video on account of us having to mute it. Um, do yourselves a favor and uh, uh, just find the story in ANN, follow the link, watch, if the not the entire documentary. Is at the, the whole very documentary least, good? I, I, I only I mean, watch. They did, I think they did okay, kind of getting into it. I want to point out here what we first saw that Sailor Moon logo was made for this. And uh, Deke and them ended up buying the rights from the creators here to continue using that logo. So that logo will look familiar because it did end up getting used in the dub that ended up on TV. Um, I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. Now, so this beautiful theme song, yeah. was that ever repurposed for like the English? No, because I used to have memories of all of the dub songs on my computer. It is uh, original. Dude, the dub songs hit. I sang yeah. Carry On at a karaoke oh, party recently and yeah. nobody knew what the hell I was singing and I did not care. Did you cry? I was facing Queen Barrel. But, okay, can I make a note here? Yeah. The show to me actually looks dope as fuck. It, I was talking to James about this earlier and I feel like you know, you can criticize the animation. For, it's for a pilot. It's time? But yeah, this looks... I would have watched this on TV as a for kid. For sure. When I was like yeah. nine, I would have watched and it. It has an Asian girl and a black girl, like, which is pretty, honestly, like, progressive for that time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like... Honestly, when I was watching this, I was like, they had an Asian girl and a black girl in there? Like, for yeah. this time, that was super progressive, which is yeah. unbelievable to say. But, yeah. like, I was like, that was cool. That would have been cool for me growing up. Because, no offense, like, all the Sailor Scouts look like, you know, I mean, I guess they're cartoons. But, you know what I mean? Like, to me, they yeah. just look like white girls. Oh, no. You know what I mean? An ad for, <laughs> for better I health. I think I'm gay. What are we watching? <laughs> they feed that one to me a lot. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, the algorithm is, is behind on the on the uptake. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was kind of neat, and you know what I mean, like that. Well, they just... are, they've got the toys already, right? Yeah. They got their gliders. They repurposed some of the monsters from later in Sailor Moon here, like that cat. There's the episode where the big cat they call him Hercules in the dub transforms into that cat. So they've uh, redrawn some of the original monster designs for this, which I thought was really funny. Um, the fact they have these wind gliders that is so extremely nineties. But yeah. specifically, I mean, and I know that they were kind of conceptualized for toys, which they remind me of the same thing as Jackie. Maybe you might have had one of these. You used the, to be able to buy the these little like, fairies, the little fairies, fairy toys that you would like pull the string and it would make them spin. There's like I'm sorry, a, um, if a you were one of the video of a girl like launching one into her fireplace at Christmas. Yeah. 
they were the dragonflies with a yeah. Z. Yeah, and, the uh, head. They had yeah. sick armor, and they also twirled around and yeah, and, and they had a cartoon for that. There was like a tie-in cartoon for that. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I guess to give a couple of uh, factual points instead of just watching this entire uh, ten-minute video. Um, so this, I mean, I'm down for it. <laughs> <laughs> the idea behind this was uh, first came to fruition like 1993, and Tune Makers are the are the folks who animated this, and so they were working on this. And there was a like little music video that had this had that theme song in it, James. Um, that was shown at a private screening um, at Anime Expo, and someone in the audience recorded it from their seat, and then it was later leaked onto the internet. And that's how anyone even knew that this existed. It started being called Saban Moon as like a uh, because it reminded people of that, but Saban actually didn't have anything to do, to do with this, uh, the creation of this at all. See, this is the girl I would have been friends with. Her name is Victoria, and she's yeah. going to become Sailor Moon. Um, is that like a moon bow? I've actually never really seen one of those in real life. Oh my god. Oh, they did school uniforms, too, which, I mean, we don't really have around in Here. America unless you're like Catholic, I think. But, maybe, or if they're in like Connecticut, going to like one of yeah, those. You guys' like, dialogue's killing I know. Sorry, Lindsay. <laughs> anyway, she's sorry. so cute. Oh no! So one of the yeah. I mean, I would have probably watched this show. If you go into, um, if you listen to the dialogue, one of the things they did to like make make sure you knew it was for girls is that they're very into like dancing and all those other kinds of. Look, Mars is cute. Mars is cute. Dude, all of them. All of them are adorable. Yeah, all of them are adorable. So, yeah, anyway. so was the redhead supposed to be Venus? Uh, the redhead is Mercury. Okay, and the she redhead uses is a wheelchair, and so does her um, transformed version, too. She's got like a, a space flyer sort of thing with lasers on it. Why, I don't know why there's two of them. You know, I'm not going to lie, this show looks like good, it would have been great yeah. over time. Really. Yeah. People kind I'm of like, mocked it, I think, as them trying to be like diverse just to be diverse. But hey, why can't she have a freaking laser? You know, hold on for well, guys, that this time, was the 90s. Though, that That's was, when that yeah, started. I mean, yeah. like, but it was like you know. them even trying to be inclusive is like, pretty, yeah, did you yeah. see that? Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, for That's its when time, people actually started trying to, you know, like you had a uh, even in like magic school bus and stuff, you'd have whole yeah. episodes or like they'd have the kid that used a wheelchair and. You know, you'd have the yeah. one kid that's like, what's it like to not be able to walk? And they'd be like, Ralph James. Oh. <laughs> uh, someone in the uh, comment, uh, Shiny I'm Falcon sorry. said that this looks like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It does kind of give me Sabrina or Blossom vibes. Blossom. Or Blossom. Yeah. I even kind of get Buffy. Yeah. Like, I don't like, know. Her hair and stuff. Look, yeah. Like yeah. season one or like the movie, like the original yeah. Buffy movie. Yeah. All right, we're gonna we're gonna stick around for the transformation sequence, and then now it is weird. I, I have to say yeah. that it is odd that the conceit here is not to like have them just dress up in their costumes and then fight like rubber monsters. Yeah, but they they become cartoons. Yeah, which well, is. I wonder if at the time was America making anything on TV that was tokusatsu. I mean, even with Power Rangers, like we didn't do the tokusatsu part of Power Rangers. That was cut from the Japanese. We did, well, we did some of it. They, oh, they had, yeah, there was a whole season actually where, um, not a whole season, but uh, they would have to do some just to like, yeah, to because some of the stuff was too Japanese for for the nineties. Yeah, um, 
and it, it got more and more as the series went on. Um, and I, I want to say, I this can't is wild. I like can't stop watching y'all. Yeah, I can't. consider crescent beam. Like you see the monster behind Mars there. That's later in the show during like the Rainbow Crystal arc. Uh, Mars's dad, or not dad, grandpa turns into that monster in during the uh, Rainbow Crystal arc as uh, Zoe and stuff. So this is just wild to me. Yeah. I just I can't stop watching. Yeah, I can't stop y'all. I mean, it let's be slaps. honest. Like, it, really no does. One, <laughs> it does. It does kind of slap. Like it, you cannot beat the OG Sailor Scouts. Obviously, like that's near yeah. dear to our hearts. But like, I would have watched this, and I yeah. think it would have been great. And it would have been kind of like the Westernized version. I probably would have watched both, to be honest. Yeah. But the thing is, I don't think we would have ever gotten both. And I didn't watch the documentary, so did it come yeah. down to money for why they didn't do the pilot? Um, it, it may have been like an expense reason, you know, it was may have been cheaper to, to dub a pre-existing cartoon than to animate one from scratch and pay actresses, you know, yeah, I bet. easily. Yeah, yeah. So that's that might be part of the reason. Oh look, I'm you're stuck mask. The... Hey, hey. hey I'm shocked they didn't do the, the Sentai thing, but with the anime where like if they were cool just doing and I mean I guess oh, obviously yeah, like... couldn't have the diverse cast, but I'm surprised yeah, they oh, didn't right, just right. use the anime for this part, and then yeah, and you can see like this yeah, is you're stuff. right. Like oh, his Power Rangers, weren't they talking about this in the documentary that they were influenced by Power Rangers, right? Yeah, like Power Rangers, you know, they had um, they took the the fighting in action, right, when they were wearing the masks from J the Japan show. Correct? Am I yeah. wrong? Am I totally making this up? I don't no, know. no, yeah, um, like ninety. Eight percent. Her of makeup right now is super nineties, by the way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> used to put that shiny, like pink, on that was almost metallic. Anyway, sorry, I just had to interrupt about her makeup. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is just I can't stop watching. Yeah. And also, guys, pretty much all TV Aww. made for kids was terrible back then. Like you have to understand, it was awful. He-Man was, was not good. The Smurfs was not good. Yeah. I mean, Scooby Doo is an all-time classic, but even then, that show is. Okay, y'all are going to slay me for this. I try to watch Sailor Moon now, and sometimes it's a little cringe, you know? But we were kids, and it was just, like, cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just seeing, like, adventures and a different world, and you know what I mean? Like, it was cool. Yeah. So, anyway, but it's just, like, when you're younger, it's just, like, these very simple formulaic shows that were just fun. It's so it was comforting. The, like, formula is comforting, but... It had a plot overall too. So yeah. If you want to oh, Sailor Moon had a formula. Yeah. Monster. Of the week. Little yeah, Monster of the Week. I was like, if that wasn't a formula, I didn't know what it was. Then he watched all of their transformations, and then like yeah, li that literally yeah. the transformations and the gosh, the first season, Lindsay straight up was like the girls go do something and something might have made them a little sad but now they're gonna fight the jewelry store owner oh my gosh let's watch all their transformations okay yeah. what was the lesson learned today and they literally had like a lesson of the the day that was yeah. original to the to the, oh, the western says, for, yeah. version yeah yeah and then it was like the next day Oh, one of the girls is sad about something. Now they're going in the bakery store owner. And you're like, I hope it's my favorite girl who's sad about something. So yeah. she's going to get more attention this episode. Exactly. Yeah. And it literally yeah. was just rinse and repeat. But we kept on going. Oh, I don't, yeah. Like, to this day, Lindsay, I'm not sure why I love that show so much. But God, I love the fuck out of it. I don't yeah. know what it was. Uh, I don't know what it was. I, like, could, I just like, love it so much. Throw a guess out there. Much. If it's anything like it is me, it's because it was the friends you wanted to be friends with and that were missing from your day-to-day -day life because you were a nerd. 
Maybe that's sad. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go. I'm I mean, that's what Power Rangers go was. I wanted yeah. a, I wanted a crew of, of super cool, popular, uh, suspiciously talented teenagers. That I mean, when I was a kid, and I know that it, this is not you know, no self-respecting Power Rangers fan today would ever admit this, but I loved Billy from Power Rangers Turbo, the yeah. nine-year-old who turned into like a super tough adult-shaped Power Ranger. That was my dream. <laughs> Yeah. I I mm-hmm. wanted to be Billy. <laughs> yeah. You want to be Billy? I was definitely no, Billy. Um, um, Billy uh, oh my gosh. Billy was name? a blue one. I was a fan of Trini. No, um, I'm thinking it's, and it's Kimberly's blue. obviously really cool. Oh gosh, I'm gonna I'm uh, looking it up for you right now, Jason. Jason the, 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 the Red no, the Ranger. Blue one from He's Turbo. Power Rangers Turbo. Justin oh, Justin Stewart. Justin is the blue turbo ranger. And yeah, he was a kid with like a bowl cut. Okay, good y'all. Y'all, I'm about to tell y'all a secret that nobody fucking knows, and I am embarrassed, but y'all are going to hear it here first. Okay. I had, after show I had the biggest crush on Johnny Young Bosch. He was he was the oh. Black Ranger. Like You remember they had like a oh, yeah. Star Stark, and then they replaced some of them? The biggest crush. And I had a Power Ranger movie, and I was definitely coming of age or something, and I watched that movie all the time and my remember, mom was like why do you like this remember the this bit where he, uh, so he gets all sad that he's the frog and he's like but i'm a frog yeah I do. The, the lady do you remember that like... awful movie do you remember that awful hey, movie you had like purple Ooh, i've been yeah. my man oh my god and i like would watch it all the time i, I had that on tape i watched with my brother all the time me too like... and my mom was like why do you want to watch this so much i was like i don't know she's like i think you have a crush on the black ranger and i was like no i don't how dare you cringe mom i remember getting into fights and she just knew because like whenever he'd come on the screen i'd be like now he's a huge voice actor and i'll see him in anime stuff all the time and i'm always like dude this is like i i like i don't even know what to say okay like, but the soundtrack for that movie yeah. slaps it's got yeah it's chili peppers. Yeah. that movie that soundtrack for that movie slaps it did yeah I didn't know I had the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Power Rangers used to bring in money. So, yeah. yeah, No, okay. Like, I low-key, Lindsay, wish you could bring up a picture of Johnny Young Bosch in the 90s right now. He had the bowl cut and an earring. And literally, that is, like, what all TikTok kids look like now. And I'm just like, you know what? They're all channeling young Johnny Young Bosch. That's all they're fucking doing. Yeah. Here we go. I cannot (laughs) wait to see this. Please bring it up. Okay. Hold on. By the way, Johnny, if you ever uh, want to be on the here. podcast, yeah. <laughs> if you ever want to be in the podcast, please, you can be on. And then two, this one? you, yeah, I'm just like he literally is what like TikTokers look like now, like the haircut, everything. Yeah. Honestly, he needs. You didn't find one where he had an earring. He had an earring. It might be in the other ear, and we can't see it. Yeah, I was like, do oh, I have to find it. the earring, Jackie? Do you like need that? You know what? I'm gonna you you guys go on to the next topic and I will do investigation. I found one of him in the the ninja power ranger. Oh, but you still can't see the earring in it. I think you can kind of see it in this one. Uh oh my gosh, how did you not use this photo? It's the first photo that comes up for Johnny Young um Bosch. Well, I don't know if it's Jackie, Bosch it might be based on algorithms, okay? They know you're seeing that one first because they know that Google knows what you're doing. Click the for. link I just sent you because that is literally like that is like every boy on TikTok right now. It's just pink, give me your Google search, you dork. The pink one, the pink. <laughs> The okay, I see, it, I see it. I see it. How? I see it. Tell me right now that that is not literally like like the look right now on TikTok. Yeah. It's wild. Um, for yeah. those of you that are listening on your audio devices, uh, currently we are looking at um, a very boyish Johnny Young Bosch with the earring. <laughs> um, 
And, his, and the bowl cut. And he has like a turtleneck thing going on with his Power Rangers outfit, which is kind of giving him like a triple chin, which is a, an unfortunate God. element. Hold on, this is this was TikTok before TikTok was a thing. This is literally on now they all have earrings. No, and they all actually, what this reminds me of, Jackie, did you what? play the game Dream Phone? Did you have Dream Phone? Yes. Who did not have Dream Phone? Okay. Well, what, he looks he like, look one like one of the boys from Dream Phone. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. 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 How are the '90s making a resurgence? How is that <laughs> hair and earrings? And I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. I, know. I think my son just got that haircut. I'm looking for a haircut today. He's six, so. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Next topic. Gosh, we're going heavy on our news stories. We're already like halfway through. That's fine because we're all just stalling about talking about uh, Made in the Abyss. Yeah. Uh, This week's episode is called Cradle of Life, right? Yeah. Cradle of of Desire. Desire. How about it's called Let's Just Crush You and Make You Cry All the Time? Part eight. Yeah, that's that's accurate. I know this the scene where Johnny Young Bosch exploded from the inside out was really shocking and upsetting, but I think they included that specifically for you, Jackie, to crush your dreams. So if you were wondering, that's terrible. If you were wondering um how this episode makes people feel, this image is what <laughs> what yeah. everyone's face looked like at the very last sentence. Yeah. Everyone. Oh, I felt this you know way what? at least three different times during the episode itself. Valid. Only made a shocked and just a horrid, horrid reaction to everything that was happening. Yeah, it wasn't, um, wasn't a fun time. Um, right. Um, before we get started, actually, I wanted to make sure I threw a content warning up, which I haven't really done on this podcast while we've been talking about Made in the Abyss and maybe an oversight from, from um, on my part. But I just thought um, now would be a good time to do that. We're going to be discussing this episode. There is, uh, like all episodes of Made in Abyss, you know, there's some some gross stuff, some body horror stuff. But specifically, I think why this episode felt uh, worse emotionally than usual is because it deals with a sort of metaphoric infertility, uh, miscarriage, um, and stillbirth which I don't know if the author intended that when he put this forward, but that's definitely going to hit hard for maybe some of our listeners here who have, if you've experienced anything like that or know someone who has. So I just wanted to kind of say like, Hey, if you're not down for a discussion about that today on your Monday or Tuesday or whenever you're listening, um, this is your warning that this, that's going to come up and um, you know, do what you need to do for yourself. Yeah. So. I mean, there's an amazing pilot for, for Sailor Moon live action that genuinely will make your day. Yes. It's <laughs> 10 minutes long. You could Wait, go, we didn't even yeah. talk about Dragon Ball Super. I didn't put that on the list today. Jackie. Oh, we didn't? Oh, okay. Never mind. Anyways, it's killing it. Back to me. Killing it in the box office. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's not really much to say there. We yeah. all knew that was going to happen, too. But yeah. yeah. Number one in the box office, office, 20 million bucks. Yeah, yeah James, yeah. have you heard of that movie? Little, uh, little, yeah, little th- indie I think so. film. I think so. You know. Drag, dragon something? I don't yeah, know. yeah, dragon something. Yeah, it's nothing. It's, like it's a, nowhere near as good as Demon Slayer. Not so. a super popular anime. Yeah, but anyway, moving on. Sorry. Yeah. We're not that funny. <laughs> Why do we think we're so funny? Moving on. Okay, so James, I'm gonna let you kind of, as usual, go through 
the, oh, yay. the kind of summary. And then wait. Jackie, I know, has questions. Jackie, if you get if we get to the part where like, hey, wait a second, I had a question about that. Yeah. Jump in. I'm down. Definitely and, down. Um, I've got some questions kind of at the end for how everybody feels. Cool. Oh, great. Right. Everybody feels when we get to the end. All so right. James, take it away. Oh, crap. What a... I don't have my whiskey, so this is going to just be a dry run. Okay, so um, yeah, we uh, this is our big flashback episode, as uh, Voiko kind of promised um, Rico and the gang uh, to kind of explain the origins of basically how everything got so jacked up in the village. Um, we catch back up with the past version of the ganja, um, the the non hollowed forms of. Uh, Fuego and Wazukan and Belaf and the um, the abandoned village girl that they uh, met and recruited at the very beginning of the season, who we learn is actually um, not named Fapita, but is um, her name is Irum Yui. Okay. Uh, and Irum... actually, <clears throat> anyway, I'm going to shut up. I'm sorry, I don't know why <laughs> I said that. Moving on. Um, and so Irumui is, um, they've reached the, the sixth layer, um, where the village will someday be, um, at the beginning of the episode, we get some actually, I think honestly, really fascinating sort of lore about kind of like the origins of like the white whistle almost mm -hmm. where, um, in order to get the, um, I forget the name of it, but the, the great glass elevator that they ride down to the sixth layer in order to get that to move from the site that would eventually become, Bondrude's lab, um, they find this hollow that is clutching this this white stone, mm -hmm. and um, they just discover that that's sort of a way to get this this device to work. Um, but they also learn that now that they're down in the sixth layer, there really is absolutely no going back because the poor souls that they send as kind of a test in the elevator end up um, getting hollified, and so they have to make do with whatever they can find here in the sixth layer. And the problem is that it is not a lot. They have yeah. barely any food. They have no water, which is a big problem. Yeah. And um, they have to, robots. The, yeah, they find the um, uh, inter uh, interface units. I always forget. Or ear interference. Yes. Or something like that. I always yeah. just think of them as the robots. But yes, yeah, yeah interference units. Yes. Um, um, who they, they kind of like, they kind of like tie them up and kidnap them almost. They like hold the robots hostage. I know. Is, yeah. is perfectly happy to do. Um, yeah. Because that is their only real way to kind of scout the area and figure out where to find supplies. And um, everything is going, I mean, not great because they're, slowly starving and, and dying of thirst, but they are, you know, making do um, until they eventually find their water source. And that's right around when everything starts to go bad. Yeah. Um, I was going to say go to shit, but. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's true. Sorry. It's true. That's going to make sense for anyone who, <laughs> if you're watching, you probably already know, but yeah. horrible, yeah. horrible, really bad jokes. You know what? That yeah. was actually a funny joke, but that is just so gross and disturbing that it's like, <laughs> just like, it was funny, but it was just like a, Oh, funny. Yeah. Moving on. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know why I explained that. Thanks. For, thanks for yeah, the Yeah. The exactly. Joke exactly. <laughs> I know. Lizzie's like, thanks for making my joke feel terrible. I'm like, okay, I'll just be quiet. Sorry. Continue, James. Um, and I guess I should, I should also touch upon that we get some really honestly touching character development between Irimui and Voiko. 
um, where Iomiri reveals how devastated she was when she was abandoned, mm -hmm. um, when when she was sort of cast out for being unable to bear children. We still don't we still don't really know like what the deal with that is. Um, like how they knew that. Yeah, we don't really. I guess we don't really need to know. All we know is that she was abandoned and and she now considers Fuego basically like her. You know, they have a very maternal mother-daughter Yeah, there was this really beautiful scene where, you know, uh, Waco tells her that she can't have children either, but, you know, if she doesn't mind, she could be like a mother to her, and then uh, Irumui, I might ruin that, Irumui, like, yeah. says, no, I don't, I, I want Waco, like, basically chooses her to be the mom. forgot about that. It yeah. makes everything else so sad. Yeah, it, it makes everything ten times worse. And that's yeah. But, yeah. Um, uh, things don't really start to go. To oh, and she also finds a cute little pet critter that dies horribly. Um, that happens. Yeah, why did they have to do that? I was just like, come on, dude. Like, let this, like, poor child have something. Yeah. Something go right for it. And then, like, lo and behold, they got to even kill the pet. But I guess that pet became... A yeah, I, course, right? held a lot of significance yeah. later. So Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree, Jackie. I think, because I was wondering that, too, because I was like, we get it. Everything in the abyss dies, but I think it does tie into maybe explaining where Iremiwa's mind was when other stuff happens. But before all that, they find a water source, um, mm -hmm. and they even do the smart thing because they 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 have experience. They know that they can't just go around drinking still water. Mm -hmm. um, they uh, they check it for potability. They boil it to try to you know destroy any bacteria or anything. So they're they're doing everything they can. But, and I actually thought this was honestly a really wonderful bit of foreshadowing. In episode one, when they tried to boil the eggs, Rico and, and the gang tried to boil the eggs, we learned that the, the creatures on this layer are have a particular resistance to, to things like heat. That, oh, that's know, right. Yeah. Boiling yeah. them doesn't, that's not really an effective way of killing anything here. Yeah. And so... Um, the the ganja don't know that unfortunately and so they end up drinking this water and it turns out that the water it's not it's not just like poisonous it is in and of itself a living thing yeah um, i was so what is the water what have they been drinking it's uh, some kind of creature um it's some kind of creature and it ends up basically melting is it alive or dead it's alive it's alive it's alive. And in fact, um, there are a is couple Is it like of... its body odor or like what the fuck is it? No, it's, it's like... just like a... So the so and there are a couple of things that were a little confusing just because it all happened so fast. But mm -hmm. uh, re-watching it, I realized that um, later on in the episode, they go back to where they found the water and they realize that it's actually like the innards of like an ancient dead creature. And at first because I was like, oh. I thought it was dead and it was like rotting. And so the water was rotten because the creature was dead and they were drinking from the dead. I, think, I, I don't know. I think I the was water totally is lost. what killed it. I think it drank that water and it it turned it into mush in the same way that the, the humans are and the water is just still hanging out. Or, I mean, this might be another interpretation, but I was sort of thinking like, you know how you have bacteria in your gut? You know, yeah. it's like, you know, and it's yeah. just like in there kind of doing its old thing. But like you have bacteria in your body that if it gets out of whack, you know, it can cause. It's true. Bad it's things to happen to you. Yeah. Um, you know, like most common version, I guess, I don't know, gross for some people is a yeast infection yep. is basically that. Um, so this fluid, 
I think, I don't know if the fluid itself was entirely like a sentient being or if the fluid was contaminated with like smaller bacteria things because after they drink it, the first symptom that they all get is diarrhea. When they look at the stool, like there's eggs in it. So that kind of made me think that like it was more like a parasitic sort of thing in this fluid that was also happened to be inside of a corpse that they didn't realize was a corpse. And that's what they had been drinking. So it's just like, you know, wrecking their insides. What we see in the picture that we have up here, though, is that the result is really weird because they almost look like they've grown bark, right? Like, or something. This actually, I think, is different. Oh, okay. But I, I, get, I, I only even realized this on the second watch because I, when I even took this screenshot, I was taking it to get an example of what happens when you drink the water. Yeah. But later on, I think this, where the, these poor people explode from the inside out, they're the ones that found the egg. Oh, oh, the ones who found the uh, magic egg? Yeah. And Which is just like a magic egg, right? Yeah, a wishing egg, you know. Yeah, just a magic Your egg. Your everyday wishing egg, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, the robots I was, okay, so that, the egg uh, was they one of the travelers stumbled across the egg. Mm-hmm. It has these special powers because the relics or whatever the monster, the robot guys revealed that it's like super special. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but like, wasn't it negatively affecting the people? So the, no? ro- the robots explained that what happened to those guys that we were just looking at who like the, exploded into bark was. Because they were older. Hold on, when they explode in a bark, I just remember them turning bark like. Well, I mean, he's. They're like. Well, well yeah, I mean, that doesn't look great. Right. Yeah. Are they alive or dead? No, they're dead. They're dead. They're very dead. It's weird because the one guy looks like he's in a sitting position at first. Yeah, like, I was oh. like, I well, and then some people were sleeping, so I was like, yeah. So yeah. what did it, they it wish for confusing. that turned them into trees? So all we know is that the robot says that adults are too complicated and driven by like basically um Wazikian calls them like worldly desires like the 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 wishes of adults are too um motley and complex i think is the quote yeah and and he basically said if you can't it's kind of that old trope of like when you're wishing on something if you don't imagine it perfectly or like if you can't keep a hold of like the pure wish and you get like distracted by corrupt thoughts or whatever, mm-hmm. it'll come back to like, it'll ruin it. It'd be like a monkey's paw situation yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. what happened to them is they, they, they touched it, um, you know, when they found it and they basically immediately got corrupted by it because they're, they were not as um, pure, pure. Yeah. It might also be a thing where I think with the other three, they might not have intentionally wished because I mean, they didn't know what it was when they had it. So if you, if you take it literally, like they may have been thinking about, you know, how they hope to be protected or safe or something. They're like, all right, we're going to give you bark armor. Yeah. And then you die, you know, sort of, sort of thing. Um, But it's not really, uh, it's not really explained exactly like why they are affected more um, or why that, that happens to them exactly. Well, even, so. I mean, so much of the episode later on is Voiko like wondering like, what like what is this thing? Is, yeah. is it even doing what we think it's doing? Or is it like, is this punishment? Like, is it supposed to, to ruin you? Yeah. Uh, and we just misinterpreted it or we just wanted it to be this thing. Um, but, you know, maybe this is what's supposed to happen. <laughs> maybe it's supposed to kill you. Um, they don't know. Yeah. Um, so what they end up doing, uh, what Wazukyan ends up saying that they'll do is they'll give it to... Uh, Iremui, which 
I immediately was like, without any kind of guidance whatsoever, though, like they just sort of, well, she gets sick, right? Mm -hmm. She gets sick first. And so um, Waco, I think, kind of rushes to get it to her as sort of a last ditch resort. But even then I was like, this is, you know, this kid could wish for puppies. Like, you know, you guys are starving to death and or, you know, all contaminated with a, with a disease, you know, you don't know that Waco is going to be able to logically think like, oh, well, you know, I wish everyone would get better or something like that. So it just seemed really risky yeah. to give it to her in the first place. And but they're happens? in dire circumstances yeah. right now. Like, I mean, we're going to talk about a lot. Like we have to like, this leader is like trying to save all these people's lives. You know what I mean? Which yeah. it's like, I would not want to, first of all, first of all, let's go back. Who the fuck signed up for this? Like, okay. So you didn't who, talk about that. Who, why? Yeah. He's like, Oh, we weren't wanted. I don't yeah. give a shit. Like, and I deal with a lot of self-hatred. Like <laughs> uh, there is no way I'm going to go down a hole on a suicide mission, like there's just that's like not happening. Like I you think, have to have some serious issues to be well, going down this hole. I think, like, and I, I think, what this is like this is like a kind of a magic version of this idea. Um, I've come across uh, this concept of suicide packs before in Japanese media. I don't think it's really. Yeah, maybe thing. it's more of a thing so there. It, yeah. it kind of reminded me of that. Like these are all people who were abandoned and felt like they didn't have anything to live for, so they made it. I mean, and they know going down that they may never ever come back so essentially mm -hmm. what is that that is like a suicide mission you're like i'm just gonna go down into this place as far as i can go where no one has been before and just see what's down there and also maybe never come back you have to like yeah. kind of what happens to you they right? do have basically they call him a prophet right they believe yeah. that he literally is has divine insight and right. this guy has been telling them there is a city down there that will make all of our wishes come true. Okay, yeah. So I think there is also an idea that like, not only have they been cast out from everywhere that ever wanted them, they've been abandoned, they've been rejected, but they have this guy. They and again, you, you have to think about Japanese, Japan's history of cults, right? Of people that gather broken, lost, abandoned, you know, individuals and promise them, hey, if you follow me, and if you put yourself through X, Y, and Z, no matter how bad it gets, no matter what you're forced to do, you know, it will result in, you know, insert eternal reward here, right? Yeah, and that does, that's a good point. I kind of overlooked the the cult aspect when I was watching it before. And he does that, you know, you've got Bailoff and you've got Buaco. I mean, Buaco's come from a horrible, horrible background. And this guy has taken on like a, a kindly mentor figure to her and also said you're one of the sages you're special you know you get you I'm, I'm trusting you with with more seniority than than all these other people here so that's something she's never experienced she's been at the complete you know bottom rung never had humanity granted to her or anything and he did the same for bailiff which i think we don't know he talked about his background a little bit but i don't think we know a lot about his backstory james okay so i mean so he's also given these disenfranchised people a sense of purpose and, like you said, a promise and everything like that, which having personally not been thinking about that, it puts some of the end of this into perspective for me that I, I didn't really um, consider at the time. But Although I will say, did any of you guys notice there was something I was wondering, I was wondering what Bailoff was kind of up to this episode because they mm -hmm. kept 
having these moments where like Bailoff was very conspicuously like noticing um Irem Yui and Voiko's like bond. Yeah. And I was like yeah, where he was like he like e eavesdropped on their yeah. entire like conversation about them, you know, choosing to be mother daughter kind of to each other. Like he was like just outside the cave wall or something mm -hmm. the entire time while that was going on. And it was it was kind of yeah, it did give me like vibes like i'm supposed to notice that he's eavesdropping but i'm not sure why yeah me neither i yeah i just thought it was it was odd that the show kept drawing attention to that he was also the one who, yeah i think he was the one because who also... bailiff's a little shit <laughs> we already know bailiff is gonna do something fucked up he's he has to, that because, massive you know his end result is that stuff with Minnie. so there's got to be like exactly still he's a little shit for me to be yeah but he also, I think, was the one who who made the overall decision to keep giving the villagers the water without telling them that it was contaminated. Like they yeah, realized but he had they had to because well, I guess they well, could have anything else to drink. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, because they do know of other water sources. They were choosing to use that one because there was less um it was the safest to acquire. All the other spots where they found water had like hostile monsters or other things around it, so it would be riskier. Um, to send people out to go get it, but I I don't know. Maybe once I'm sorry. Out. I want to risk right. going up against a motherfucking <laughs> monster than my fucking arm turning into some melted wood or whatever the fuck was going on yeah. to those people. Like, yeah, yeah. What? So that, that I was didn't the, remember that, was that the, part. Yeah, that was the decision uh, that they made. I thought yeah. they were like straight up. This is our only water. Although I did notice though that, and in speaking of kind of that cold angle. Wazukan does the thing that he drinks it. He drinks it, and he like he makes sure to be like, "Hey, like I'm in this with you, right? Like I, yeah. am, you know." And that's the yeah. kind of thing that you, you know, it, like I could totally imagine like Bailoff being like, "Well, you know, if Wazukan doesn't want us to tell them, then we're not going to tell them, right?" Or like, yeah, um, yeah. There's just there's so many little moments of Wazukan just. And again, it all, like Jackie said, it all culminates in that final moment where it's like, oh, oh, yeah. you're, there is so much more to you than we ever could right. have known. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. everything we've seen happen with Bailiff and then just like from the first episodes where he was like, he has a, like, um, not to get super psychological here, but like in life, a lot of books argue that people are either predator or prey. You know what I mean? Like that, that's just like people tend to lean more towards like predatory behavior. They lean more towards being prey to that behavior. You know what I mean? And it's like, he was just very much like, I'm going after my goals. I want to get what I want to get. Like, you know what I mean? And obviously the best thing is to be a balance of that. But I think people like can tend to be a little bit pushier and can take advantage of people. And then some people just tend to be people pleasers more. Right. Like um, he's definitely leans more the other way. I like, I think we've gotten those vibes from him like early on. Am I wrong with Bailiff? With Dude, oh, their first episode, he was like, you have to tick what you want and stuff like that to the redhead well, he had girl. That great speech about what beauty is. Remember when he was like telling Lindsay, her? Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay was totally just taken aback by those blue eyes and the hair. And yeah, that was what happened. And that's what would have told me do. They have their time. Exactly. Well, he's got, he's got a Zuko scar. So 
You know he's been hurt before, but he's... Oh, my God. Lindsay, he is, like, literally damaged e-boy, damaged emo boy to the max. Jackie, I can fix him. Oh, God. Jackie, I can fix him. I'm literally (laughs) shook right now. I have no words. Yeah, that's... But honestly, that's Payliff's. That's his... uh, that's his mo. Yeah, it is then, hard to trust the guy knowing that he's going to ask a little girl to give him half her organs. You know, that's it's like, true. That's yeah. like, and granted, I'm assuming that however many centuries of being an eldritch worm thing will change a guy. <laughs> so I don't know if like it could be that maybe that's like something that sort of came about after just years of of disassociation from his own sense of being but yeah yeah and they've all lacked they all lack humanity now right like they at this point yeah like when the the village was under attack and like wazukyan showed up late he was just like hey Hey. oh you guys looks like you guys got it like you know hey i just you know wanted to make an appearance so you knew that i tried all right i'm going back to the bar bye yeah Yeah, he's not he doesn't he doesn't even like they were they still respect the three sages Clearly, yeah. because they have the title, but we haven't seen any kind of deference given to Wazukan at all. He's just like yeah. chilling. Yeah. Kind of like stuff. grandpa at this yeah, point. Yeah, why is it like, yeah, yeah, your keep, just let him do whatever he wants. Okay, like hold on. By the way, did anybody arms? see that coming from the blue-haired guy? Because like talk about predator prey mentality. Like that guy, I did not see that coming. I was like, oh, he's like a good leader and he seems to be taking care of the kiddos. And then also he's like uh, well, we haven't even gone. Yeah, we we're even gonna gone there. to that part. Because... I'm, I'm here watching this, and I'm like, he's a good leader. He's trying to make sure that they have water, and he's trying to find solutions. And then I'm like, I mean, anyway, and like keep technically, on going. I'll just shut up. Technically, he did find a solution. Um, I mean, honestly, James, I hate to say that too. I mean, it is literally gutting and awful. But I hope to fucking hell nobody's ever put in the situation where they're in a like a hole filled with evil monsters and you're trying to save a group of people you know i mean we hear about like these situations where people are in planes and then they crash and they gotta like eat the bodies and stuff like that like it's like i i mean this is absolutely horrific but none of us have ever been put into a situation like this you know and i never will yeah, I'm like, gosh, I hope not. Guys, but, I'm um, flying over the Andes in like three days. Come on now. We can't jinx it like that. Wait, oh my God, James, I'm no. sorry. <laughs> no. okay, I was like, yeah, now I feel yeah, With my terrible. soccer team that I that I play on? Come on. Oh, no, oh my gosh. Stop. 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 Oh, but I'm just okay. saying that like, this is like... I think without a doubt, all of us were like super shook by what happened. But then I was like... And I, you know, I was like, okay, if you're the leader and you find your whole group of people that you've cared about deeply in this situation, like he was like, how do I, how do I save them? And then honestly, like, I mean, it's Lindsay and I can talk about this more when you get to it, but it, I, you know what, like, get, we'll get to no, through the probably, whole thing. Yeah. yeah and then we, we, we should well, probably, we'll we should it. probably explain what happened. Because, yeah. Yeah. We're kind of dancing around it because it's so horrible, but uh, yeah. So we'll just get to it. You want me to do it? I, I can do it. I can do okay, it. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so the wishing egg is given to uh, Iramui, who is, who's at this point, she's dying. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's barely conscious. She's not, you know, it's not even clear that she knows what's happening. Um, like we talked about before, we don't know how she is expected to make this kind of wish. Yeah. The robots mentioned something about fear being an important part of it, which is very par for the course for the show. But yeah. either way, um, and what ends up happening is the egg embeds itself in her chest. 
Mm-hmm. And at first, she, I mean, she's alive again and she has kind of a, a weird melty arm, but she mm-hmm. tells Vuiko that she's not in any pain and mm-hmm. that, you know, she's happy and she's hugging Vuiko. And, you know, it seems kind of like a miracle until, at, well, the first thing is Iremu's entire body starts to melt yeah, and yeah. twist. Yeah. They say that it's her body attempting to transform itself into what. Iremui wished for, which again we don't know what that means. Or how, I was yeah, I was like, what is she wishing that? for? Yeah, what? Well, what? Well, she hasn't reached her final form yet, so it's like we're all just kind of watching to see the how that's revealed. Oh, right? okay. Yeah, that's but, um, disheartening and hard to digest. Yeah, and the, and then the screaming starts, uh, which is where um, the uh, Iremui, who had already you know uh, communicated her very complicated and, and traumatic um, relationship with her mother, with motherhood, the idea, you know, of, of being abandoned. Um, she had that pet that she was caring for that she watched um, get eaten. Mm-hmm. Um, th- from basically this, uh, this opening in her chest where the egg is at, um, she starts giving birth to hollows, basically. Um, but they kind of resemble her pet. They do, they do, and um, you can, yeah, they do. <laughs> and uh, but unfortunately, and I don't know if it's because maybe she's like a kid and obviously doesn't understand like the full complexities of biology, or if it's if it's because the egg is not able to properly translate it, or maybe it's all on purpose. We don't know. Yeah. But the the creatures are born without digestive systems or without without they're, they're born without the organs they need to live mm-hmm. and so they they um they all end up dying and they all end up being being taken from Iremui and um whenever one is taken from her another one is born and the show makes sure to remind us that it is um it never gets any less painful it never gets any easier <laughs> um and this ends up going on for so long that while Iremui is is just completely drowning in this suffering uh, Vueco is, starts to die. Um, mm-hmm. She get she gets the the egg poops. Um, she starts to dehydrate. She starts to get delirious, and she's um, she's completely on death's door um, to the point where she's even like um, she's hating herself because she knows that she should want nothing more than to comfort Iremui in her you know in her time of pain, but mm-hmm. all she really wants is water. Yeah, and that is when um, good old Wazukian offers her. Uh, a spoonful of some stew that he's made. And it is apparently the most delicious and satisfying stew that has ever been. And um, it, it brings Voiko back from the brink of death and it saves, you know, the survivors in the village. Um, and, you know, again, it seems like another miracle, but I, we've talked about Nope, right? Talk about yeah. a bad, talk about a bad miracle. Yeah. Um, uh, at the very end when Voiko confronts, uh, Wazukan to basically like figure out well, like what's going on, like what what happened, and Wazukan explains that um, just like he predicted, uh, Iremui did save everybody after all because she provided all of the sustenance that they needed to survive, and uh, and he fed the entire village the um, the the corpses of Iremui's uh, babies. Hey. hey. Yeah. Yeah. So now let's get into it. 
Yeah. Um, so like I said, like he's the leader, he's trying to help them out. We see people eat. We've we've heard of these like situations where things got just so bad that they needed food or they were gonna die, right? So then they ate the bodies of the dead people, right? So it's like I feel like he was just like, okay, what can I do to? We have no food. We we need to heal these people or like try to save their lives, right? And we have these dead bodies, right? But it's just like these are. These are a child's child, yeah. you know, which is like super just like hard to take. You know what I mean? Um, but it's like, I think he just had to make really difficult. He had to make really difficult decisions in a really difficult situation. And it's like, I don't think like any part of my being can accept that, but it's just like, I've never been in his shoes. And so I'm just like, or, and like we said, nobody ever wants to be or should be or whatever, you know, but it's just like, you're like, damn. It's one of those, one of the things about it, I guess we can give at least by the end of this episode, uh, was the smallest bit of doubt, um, about his motivations? Because as far as we know, it's not like he knew, that this was how the wish would culminate or that unless he really is a prophet unless he really is a prophet he really did see exactly how yeah otherwise it doesn't seem like he would know oh we're going to give this to um irimu and it'll cause her to transform into some you know weird creature that births other creatures and when we eat those creatures they'll heal us like i i don't at least at this point think that he knew that that was going to be the chain of events. He just thought whatever she did would somehow help them. And maybe through um, desperation, eventually said like, well, let's try eating these. Well, and I mean, as you said, you know, if he truly didn't know, right. Mm -hmm. Um, And if he was just going off of, if he believes that he is a prophet, right. If he isn't like a a grifter, if he genuinely does believe that he has these powers, I -hmm. could also see, or like it's again, it's horrifying, and I'm not mm. justifying it, but I could see how, in this very particular situation, this is, I mean, this is as close to an act of God as you can imagine. I mean, this is this is just straight up magic, yeah, horrible, awful magic. But you know, this is. I mean, the egg just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like and it's also, yeah, and yeah. it's also it's not really human. Like it, right. it isn't like they're like little human babies right they they look like the animals that, that right. they found earlier they look like I, kind of rabbit-esque yeah. sort of so i could see how maybe he could see this and go this is for us you know mm. they're being you're like they're presented to us in this specific way so that we can eat them and mm. so it's but it's like i don't like when you hear when you hear irimui and i mean uh Misaki Kuno is the voice actress um, who voices the character. And like Jackie said, on the one hand, it's this decision that like no one should ever have to make. And if it's between literally starve to death or do the unthinkable, what do you do? But then like when you hear what Irimu is going through, it's also like, I don't know. I don't know. That that was like, okay. So, like we said, like, obviously, and I'm playing devil's advocate here because it's like, it, what, what he does is absolutely fucking terrible. Like, this is a young girl who's gone through, like, so much trauma. Um, and then they give her that relic and they're putting her through more trauma. 
and honestly like taking advantage of her because she's young and the only one who can like connect with that thing you know yeah which i'm sure um I never say her name right. Vuiko? Vuiko. Yeah. Vuiko probably feels a ton of guilt about because she's the one who suggested it. And then, like, look what's happened, right? Yeah. And, like, oh, my God. I thought My Hero Academia was trauma. I'm, like, I just, like, want to laugh about that now. And then then she is birthing these things. And, like, I think Lindsay and I, as, like, a woman, we can say that, like, um, you have, like, some sort of, I mean, obviously, Lindsay is a mother. So you have, like, a a huge connection. (laughs) you know and then it's just like I haven't ever come close to anything like that but I just know like even like I just can't even imagine as a woman that like even as a woman who hasn't had a child you know what I mean so it's just like and I have friends who have had miscarriages Mm -hmm. and I've had friends who've gone through you know things just like all within that range right and it's like it is not like oh okay (laughs) you know what I mean like it's really fucking traumatic I I like I like no, we have an, an F word minimum here, but that's like a hundred percent like the time to use it because it's yeah. fucking traumatic, right? And then it's like, so this is a, a young girl who's somehow giving birth because we know that she has trauma about wanting to giving birth. And then the children are dying in front of her and she's her body's getting deformed and all this awful stuff. And then he's taking the children away from a child you know, she, I mean, we don't know why she's a child and birth and this stuff, but it's like, talk about like, I, I just like, it's such a awful mess Yeah, that it just like, it's awful. Like, I don't even know what to say. So it's like giving him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> like it, it's like, it's I laughed smallest. at that. It's yeah. I laughed at that. Cause it's like, literally you got to play devil's advocate. And it's like, but then it's also like, okay, one girl making her all these sacrifices so maybe a bunch of other people can live and we don't and we don't even know what's gonna happen to all these people you know what yeah. i mean I like mean, it's we just know like, they're gonna kind of turn into monsters or something we yeah don't know how they end up there yet but jackie what you're talking about kind of brought me to my next question because we've kind of like thrown this around a little bit with with the developments during this season especially compared to the first season like do any of you feel like this has finally gotten to a point where it's kind of just misery for the sake of misery and it's yeah not, it's like, like has it has finally to... gone a step too far you know where it's just like for me frankly i don't want to watch it anymore like i'm watching it because we are you yeah. know and but the craziest part was like this is probably one of the most compelling episodes like uh the, all the episodes have been like kind of weird and, and yeah. wild you know but it was like um this one i was just like oh my gosh like what's gonna happen what's gonna happen what's gonna yeah. happen and it's like um I think that the author of this, like, really, like, you're like, you know, you think Junji Ito's fucked up. This motherfucker is, like, on a whole different level. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the Junji Ito stuff, like, at least I feel like you can kind of be like, this is so far removed. This, like, anorexic, zombie-looking supermodel eating people and being a demon. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can be like, and I guess Made in Abyss is kind of a far-removed, wild, fucked-up world, too. I don't know. But I guess it's just, like, sometimes it's just so this is so real like this i know the situation or you, the trauma that it's centered around yeah is, the trauma yeah. that it's centered around is so real like it's like i don't know like there's obviously uh japanese people really love horror they have like great horror movies and all this stuff you know and but it's just like this is just like it's just horrific because it's so like it touches on on human emotions or human trauma that you wouldn't even want anyone to go through you right. know so it's like it's like the saw you know, they put people through these terrible things, but you're like, 
I don't know, God, I hope to fuck that nobody's going through that. But you know what I mean? Like, it almost just seems so preposterous, right? And this, I guess, seems preposterous too. I don't know. I can't really put my finger on it. There's just something that it's like, it hits on like really like human emotions, like in a different way than horror movies do. In horror movies, you're just like, oh, like, this is a shitty, awful way to die. Like, in this, this is like, she is suffering mm -hmm. so badly. She already had trauma and then she's suffering even more. And then you're going to like, have her birth people she finally gets to do what she wants or birth birth so you give her what she wants and then you're gonna like make them die and then you're gonna like take them away from her and, and then them. feed them the people yeah i can't believe i even said all that out loud yeah yeah james what do you think about the the misery level of made in abyss at this point i think for me i i don't think it's going too far and i think specifically because and even just sitting here I was having all of the, I'm connecting all these dots to like, well, I think maybe we know exactly why she would have, this would have turned out because like you said before, you know, she was, maybe she was wishing to protect her friends and maybe there is still that because um, the earlier in the show, um, they said that the abyss always knows what your deepest wish is uh, mm -hmm. e even if you know e even if you think it's something else right oh like in the village when they're talking about yeah. how the village decides what form you take yeah yeah and there is that part about like yeah you can lie to yourself long enough and make it true mm -hmm. but um i think s s one of the things about the characters being kids is they haven't reached that level yet they can't lie to themselves like that they're not deluded they're, yet yeah. yeah and so if iramui was wishing both to save her family but also wishing that she could be a mother. Maybe this is the egg's way of making both of those wishes true at the exact oh, same time. Yeah. And, and, and well, and then when you think about, well, why does she even have that wish to be a mother? Why is that such a deep, you know, it's because of trauma and specifically it's because of trauma that adults inflicted upon her. Mm -hmm. And it's going back to that idea of how, the adult world, you know, the world that enforces these, these, these values, these, you know, these, um, these, these incidents that, that cause this pain. Um, that's what corrupted what could have been a pure wish. Mm. If it weren't for what the, the adults did to her, if it weren't for the pain that she was made to feel, things could have worked out. Um, and all that is to say that if it was just suffering for the sake of suffering, like if that was the show, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of yeah. almost like things like um, I don't know, like uh, like hostile, right? Right. Like, that's that's the spectacle of that is the suffering. I think it would be too much. Yeah. But I think the show, even now, in what is genuinely some of the most graphic and and painful stuff I've ever seen on TV, I think the empathy is still always with the children and with the protagonists. I don't think we're ever meant to enjoy their suffering. I think there is kind of a fixation on it and a fascination with it that we've unpacked and we could unpack forever uh, in the same way that people, you know, I mean, I remember back when I was a kid and like rotten.com was a thing and yeah. they have, and you know, there is kind of, I think maybe a human instinct to be curious about like, how bad is this going to get? But I don't think the show wants us to take any joy in it. I think we're I think we're supposed to want these characters to succeed. And I think that it, that alone is maybe what is making this season, which has truly been <laughs> an ordeal. Yeah. Um, 
I still think it's worth watching. That being said, uh, it has absolutely reached the point where if anyone said, I cannot watch this anymore, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't blink twice. I'd be like, yeah, of course. (laughs) No one should, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm at a point where, I mean, I'll finish out the season, not only because of the show, but I mean, I'll, I'll finish out the season. But like, if I were to engage with any of it after that, it's going to depend a whole lot on how the season finishes out. Because this this was one where it was just like, I don't know if I needed like, I don't know if I needed that particular image or sequence of events like to exist in my head. Like, I never would have thought up this sort of thing on my own, and um, don't think I'm better for like being a, like having it there. Like this episode was one where I was kind of in a state of shock almost when it was over and was like, I was mad. Not that I was just like thematically, I was mad that, you know, these things happened. And like, I came back, I was still mad about it. Like a couple hours afterwards, there aren't a lot of shows where um, I've had, that's had that effect on me other than like the end of, wonder egg priority because uh, yeah. i was just so like disappointing and upsetting but um yeah this was one where it was just sort of like um it was just it was horrible just horrible um i'm not the type yeah. of person who would say like oh i hated this and thus it you know shouldn't exist or something like that but it, it yeah it was a lot i mean it made you feel bad it like, made you know. feel real fucking bad man yeah. like real bad like yeah. the opposite of that feel feels good man meme. I'm polar other end of that when it came to this this episode. And I mean, I know the next episode is going to be not great as far as like, you know, where things go. We're not going to be on the up for that because we still, like I said, we, all these folks are going to turn into monsters. Something's going to happen to Waco that gets her thrown down there where she's all tangled up and stuff, you know, because everyone decides they hate her for some reason. So she's going to do something to get... The They're going to hate her because she's not going to be following what they want. I think, yeah, I think yeah, she's going like, to probably rebel after her now that she knows what's going on with the stew. Yeah. She's not going to take that one, you know, in stride. She's going to throw a fit about it. Um, we know that, uh, uh, I messed up her name again, Irmui is going to become Papata in some sense. And now that we've kind of seen this episode, I can only assume that the reason like her new form ends up being what it is, is again, tied to the dead pet you know she basically turned into a four-armed furry rabbit thing just like her pet that they all had to eat so i mean that's gonna happen and she's gonna leave the village because she doesn't live there anymore she's she's out out in the wasteland somewhere with a robot so we have to get there somewhere um and maybe we'll find out how bailoff turned into a centipede i don't know but yeah Jackie read spoilers, but she because she couldn't help. I know. Herself. I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. I mean, I might talk to you like after the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it out, was but... like this was so horrific what happened that I was like, I need to just see what happens because like that that you, you just like need, needed to know if it's going to be okay. Yeah, I was just like, this was so sad and awful. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So. um well, anyway, and honestly, yeah. and, and like, I, I actually will say that I think so much of what happens in Maiden Abyss is not, its strength doesn't derive, it, it, it is a part, it is partially from being shocking, but I don't think it comes from like twists or anything. Yeah. So 
for those of you that maybe do feel like, you know, you are really, really curious, but you genuinely can't handle like seeing it unfold. I think this is one of those stories where sport, like reading, reading up on what's going to happen in a wiki isn't going to ruin it. You know, um, I, I think that, you know, if it can maybe make it easier to watch the show or if, you know, it helps satisfy your curiosity and then you don't feel like you have to watch the show and mm -hmm. like experience it with all the sound and the animation. Um, I think this is one of those stories with that. I don't think if, if the stuff that's been happening in the show has been enough to genuinely make you feel like bad watching it um, for as much as I love the show and for as much as I think it is worth watching, I don't think it's worth like, hurting yourself, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i was like Lindsay and i were like man like women who've gone through like miscarriages or anything like that would have been extremely triggering mm -hmm. yes. you know yeah. like and i think even like it like i i'm not a mom but like just i feel like as a mom i'd be like whoa what the you know what i mean yeah. so i'm just like uh Lindsay and i were talking about this before we even got on the podcast like we were just like you know there's been a lot of trauma but like that's like a really really like like it, I, I we don't we were actually saying we don't even know if the creator really like knew how like how how deep of a cut that could have been for some yeah people, you know what i mean yeah so i don't know yeah, yeah. well if you guys you know if this was enough to scare you off from main abyss i would like to once again recommend the 10 minute sailor moon trailer or pilot that is now available on youtube that we watched earlier today go watch it with sound it um will do nothing but bring you make bring you smiles. So it will be stuck. I in might head. roll that up. You are. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good palate cleanser. That, that or, ass after yeah. that shit. I'm like, oh my God. Anyway. But I want to thank everyone for uh, coming on to the show. We will be back next Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern to continue talking about Made in the Abyss, but maybe also other things. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Remember when we did Spy Family? <laughs> Remember when we did Yeah. And I miss go cute. We um, yes. we're still a little ways off, but we're gonna be having that trailer watch party come up next month too for hey. for the October season that will crush us all. So until then, uh, thanks for watching, and remember to subscribe to this channel or check out the podcast version on Tuesdays. It's up on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you listen to your podcast. All right, yay! Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. -bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.